section forty two of mrs diamond this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org mrs diamond by anne isabella thackeray ritchie book four chapter eight one old friend to another a comfort of retirement lives in this second part of henry the sixth madame had very much at heart her desire to say good-bye to monsieur caron he and i are old people we may not meet again in this world she said he has filled my son's head with many mad ideas but he has shown himself a good true friend are you afraid to come susie she looked pleased when susie said she should be glad to go with her she was not afraid monsieur caron lived some way off in the rue du bac and mrs diamond seeing a chance carriage in the road signed to it and got in with her friend as they rolled along they passed the head of a second procession coming up some side street and preceded by a blue flag carried by a man like a beetle this procession unlike the other was not on tiptoe it came steadily and quietly along and consisted almost entirely of well-dressed and respectable-looking people civilians national guards and others walking five or six abreast with folded arms and serious faces talking as they went that is a deputation going to parley with the federals shouted the coachman turning round upon his seat everybody has a procession you will see the federals with their barricade in the place vendome these gentlemen are going to mediate that is why they are not armed the carriage jogged on and presently they passed two stacks of guns piled at the entrance of the place vendome where the column still rose supreme above the heads of the encamped federals do you see the cannons said the coachman a little old man who seemed of a military turn of mind oh they are strong sir la it is all nonsense cries madame very angrily all childish nonsense one of the sentries looked up at her as she spoke it was a glorious spring morning and the sweetness and the sunshine seemed to be on the side of peace and happier promise the stacked guns gleamed the mediators and the soldiers alike seemed enjoying the beauty of the morning a few minutes afterwards they were crossing the pont neuf from whence they could see all paris and its glories shining along the river banks and soon they reached monsieur caron's house on the far side of the seine where he lived in a high perched lodging the coachman would not wait for them they paid him and let him go and walked into the stone-paved court where a porter as usual was collecting the broken fragments scattered by the prussian bomb-shells the house in which caron lived was well known to the world many messengers of good and evil tidings had passed up its old stone flights chateaubriand had once lived there faithful to his poor blind beautiful friend of earlier days madame racamier had lived there and her friend and disciple 
wise men had climbed those flights and mighty men belonging to the world of action there had come the ampere and mathieu de montmorency that loyal gentleman all the shifting splendours of those early days and ministers and kings and queens deposed and courtiers in the ascendant the place still seems haunted by those familiar ghosts of the first half of the century madame who knew the way panted up followed by mrs dymond they rang the bell of a door which was presently opened by an old woman servant in a country dress who nodded recognition and showed them through the dining-room to caron's study how peaceful it all seemed after the tumult of the streets full of the signs of war of party strife and confusion the old man sat reading the paper in his dressing-gown and velvet toque he sat with his back to the warm flood of light that came from the open window he rose to meet them looking surprised but pleased at their visit his bright blue eyes shone like a young man's beneath his grey hair how good of you mesdames to take the trouble said he courteously in his pretty slow english and to find me out in my nest it is a long way up as i fear you have discovered will you have some refreshment coffee or syrup madeleine will be proud to serve you oh no nothing of the sort says madame putting up her hand we come to take leave monsieur caron i did not wish to go without seeing you once more you and i are two old friends to part without a good handshake although our opinions differ and you know that i shall always detest yours caron smiled and so you are driven out he said it is hard on you my poor lady it would take a great deal to tear me from my quiet corner here you see the prussians have had some grace they sent an enormous cannon-ball into our courtyard but it has done no great harm those are chateaubriand's trees he said to susy who was looking about with some interest and surprise he used to walk there in that avenue and compose his sentimental poetry his impossible idols will you like to come out on the balcony and as he spoke he stepped out into the sunshine a sweet peaceful sight met their eyes the old gardens were shining green among walls and gables and peeps of distant places far away as susy leant over the rails the twitter of the birds was in the air and with it all the sweet spring fragrance of the hour that is the priest's garden next door caron said pointing to a beautiful old garden with lilacs beyond a wall they have just come back with their seminarists there is one of them reading his breviary he is dreaming away his time poor fellow i fear he does not know what an awakening is before him alas the old man spoke prophetically not knowing what he said only a few weeks more and the silent young priest was heroically giving up his life for his breviary one can hardly realize that this is also paris said susy as one comes in straight from the streets and from hearing the clamour and cries of those horrible people ah my dear young lady do not call them horrible people said the old man with a sigh they want good things which pleasant and well-mannered people withhold from them and their children they are only asking for justice for happiness 
they ask rudely in loud voices because when they ask politely they are not listened to excuse me monsieur caron cries madame stoutly i cannot help contradict they imposes on you they asks they takes they gets rations they runs away but they will not work they cannot learn they will not fight you will never teach them anything except to drink and shout but i forgot i did not come to argue i came to shake your hand said the old lady with a touch of real feeling i go to-morrow max will follow as soon as he has dispatched his work he will come after me if you do not detain him caron my old friend i am here to ask this of you do not keep him from me do not lead him into dangers two tears stood in her little grey eyes winking with emotion would that you too were coming into safety she said that you were coming with me or even with susanna she go back to england and there you would be safe will you come susanna cried blushing up eagerly dear monsieur caron joe and i would oh so gladly bring you home with us indeed our house is always open to you any time any day the old man looked touched and pleased by her eagerness i thank you warmly he said but my work is here dear lady what would you think of me if i abandoned it my atelier my employe my half-finished schemes then he turned to madame du pare and took her old brown hand in his with the same gentle courtly respect that he might have shown to a princess to a beautiful lady you must trust me as you have always done hitherto he said max shall run no danger if i can help it none that i do not share myself and as he spoke a bright and almost paternal look was in his face only you must remember he added gravely there are some chances which an honest man must face in times like these and max is an honest man his words struck susy they reminded her of her own talk with du pare madame turned red snorted jerked tried to speak failed choked where is madeleine she said at last i will ask madeleine for some sugar and water and she left the room very quickly caron shook his head gently as he looked after her then he turned his blue eyes on susanna who stood silent with her pale face still without speaking caron went to a table opened a drawer and came slowly back to her holding a packet in his hand i have something to ask of you he said it has just occurred to me that i have some papers here which i should be glad to know of in a place of safety will you take them back to england with you and if anything should happen to me send for max and he will know what to do with them they are papers relating to my works he added and some private memoranda for my friend max i left another parcel in my old lodging in the brompton road with mrs barry he added smiling it is only an unfinished article about my society but max may like to finish it some day susy knew that for some time past caron had been trying to apply his socialism to his paper mills and that he had turned the whole concern into a company of which the shareholders were the workmen themselves it was a society conducted on the same plan as that of leclerc which had proved so successful the workmen gave zeal care thrift as their share of the capital caron administered the whole and reinvested the profits in graduated shares at the end of the year 
you have heard of my factories he continued as quietly as was his wont to susie do you know the story of the slave who fell with the bowl of grain and of the swallows who flew to fetch each other to share and share alike my work-people are my swallows and if anything were to happen to me max must be able to supply them with grain do not look distressed my dear lady said the old man shrugging his shoulders death must come to us all i care not by what name it comes but i want to know that my children are provided for i know that i can trust you and for the present will you keep my little confidence you know you can trust me susy said with a sigh and as she spoke madame came back with hurried steps and with red eyes well then good-bye monsieur caron madeleine gave me all i wanted cried the old lady come susy come caron followed them in silence to the door good-bye good-bye take care of yourself monsieur caron madame kept repeating as she stumped downstairs End of section forty two